0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Kim Barra Show. I'm your host, Kim Barra, and on today's episode, is a little bit of a different one. We have Mr. Charlie Valor, a good friend of mine, actually interviewing me on all of the changes that have been happening in the world of Facebook. So if you've been wondering what's working in Facebook ads right now, what's not working, what are the new things coming up in 2021, you will not want to miss this episode. Of course, if we can help you with your marketing, head over to marketingmobile.com.au if you need any help with your Facebook ads. But otherwise, let's jump into the show. Mr. Charlie, sir, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you making the time.
1: My absolute pleasure, Kim. Um, I mean, it's been an absolute uh, like bucket list item to end up coming onto your show and talking about how we can represent what is happening with lead gen and how the world has changed.
0: Exactly. So I'm I'm pumped to have you on today because this is going to be a slightly different Kim Barrett show than normal because we're going to really be riffing on the topics of what's happening in the world of Facebook and whatnot at the moment because we are just chatting offline earlier that, a whole heap of people have been getting shut down, all their results have been falling through the floor, and it's not kind of like business as usual in the world of Facebook.
1: I feel like this year has been monumental for so many reasons outside of pandemics. It really has. And I feel particularly guilty in our communication across the last six months, Kim. I feel like the only time I talk to you is like, oh my God, I've been banned from Facebook again, or one of our accounts or one of the businesses we work with has been banned. Save me, this isn't working. And the more I speak to people, the more I realize I'm not alone in this. And I can only imagine, just curiously, how many times would you say per week or per month someone reaches out to you going, I'm banned, I'm blocked, my account's screwed at this point in 2021?
0: I reckon on average, I probably get between... At the moment, probably like close to three a day. And the reason why it's actually so high as well is I made probably the foolish mistake. Not foolish mistake. I helped her. There was a girl in Perth as well who is a quite, quite well known. She had her account completely disappear. There was a fake account. They copied her. They took down the wrong account and disappeared. I helped her, helped her get it back. And then as a byproduct of that, of course, she was like, oh my God, so grateful to Kim and your social voice for helping me. Then it was just like message, message, email, email, email. And I was like, oh, goodness gracious, what have I done here? Like I should not, like I should have maybe, not, not that I shouldn't have helped her, should have maybe said like, please don't tag me it. <laughs> I was like, no, it'll be fine. And then, yeah, it kind of went a bit ballistic from there. So not only ad accounts, whole Instagram accounts, Everything that people have had have gone down drastically, and I mean, there's a few reasons why that happens as well as a byproduct. And but the the one that probably a lot of people don't think of is that the actual workforce at Facebook is completely disjointed at the moment. So everyone's like, oh, it's like Facebook's fault or my business's fault or somewhere in between the agency's fault that I'm working with. When it's actually the fact that they're using a lot more automation because all of their teams are predominantly working from home, depending on where they're based. Their entire Singapore office, which represents the entire kind of like APAC, Asia and Pacific region are all working from home. So we're meant to have a dedicated rep that works with us because of our accounts. And we have now a guy who, who basically is normally his boss, who is represented across like 50 to 100 accounts where before this guy had 10 and he was managing it. So not only are they spread thin, they're all working from home. And normally in Facebook, what they would do is rather than any internal communication, they would just go and speak to someone. They were going to speak to someone in their office, catch up to the 10th floor, go down to the first floor and wrap it out. But they can't do that anymore because of all of the craziness that's going on in the world. So it's like there's been like a perfect storm of terribleness all come together at once.
1: Do you know, I've heard some interesting conspiracy theories around this. So I've heard and I'm making these up. I have no proof, but these are just like down the grapevine uh, sewing circle hymns. But I wonder how many of these conspiracy theories are actually just Facebook dealing with their disjointedness. So maybe there is no political agenda and no one's suing Facebook right now. There probably is, but maybe that's all a bit, I don't know, just coincidence. There is nothing to do with that. It's more an adapting workplace. Do you think there are any major policy changes or things Facebook are trying to do to get bad players off the platform, and that this is just a lot of collateral damage, or do you think that it all comes back to they're just trying to find their way through recent times?
0: I think they're just trying to find their way through through recent times. Like there is definitely a bit of like there, but it's because they are trying to. There's more and more negative stuff that goes on and a lot of people kind of get frustrated at Facebook and I kind of like to see it from all sides of things where one of the big ones is that there's actually dedicated people that sit there and go through the negativity that comes onto Facebook to remove it. It's normally a manual person that has to deal with all of the hardships. So I'm talking about people uh, posting videos of bestiality, of murders, of like Terrible, terrible stuff that us as normal human beings would not want to see. That stuff gets posted to Facebook every second of the day. And there's teams there that have to see that. I remember reading an article about someone's first week in that team. I forget the name of the team, but the first week in that team, they saw like three beheadings, all this sort of stuff, and they were like literally traumatized from it. So they kind of save us from that. But as a byproduct of that to then look after their own teams, they're trying to bring in more automations, which are uh, really not at the point yet where it's like they can kind of take over at, from a real person. So a lot of stuff is getting automatically shut down, disapproved because they're going, hey, we just have to do this because yes, it frustrates all of us when we're out there going like, I need more leads for my business. I'm trying to scale and then it frustrates us. But then they're like, well, we're happy to frustrate you advertisers for a little bit considering that we saved the, the 13-year-old kid from seeing someone get murdered. So it's like there's the, there's the balancing act and it's like, Yes, there's always some political sides and things like that, that are going on as well. But you know, like when I deal considering like dealing with the back end of Facebook and back end of a lot of big organizations, it's like, people are not as organized as people think they are like to run these mass huge conspiracy theories within Facebook and stuff like that. It's like at the very, very top maybe but it's like internally. Man, they're all over the place. They're like any, any business, like, that you go and see inside of. stuff. They're not like this uh, perfectly well-oiled conspiracy machine. It's like- so, there
1: is no 5G conspiracy on Facebook right now. And anyone who speaks badly of 5G or vaccines, they're off. They're off. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So I'll look into this a different way. I mean, I must admit I've shifted a lot of my marketing efforts away from Facebook in 2021. And the reason for that is because I found it so much harder to get good results. Every time I log in, there seems to be a a change or a different way of doing things. And then I've just noticed, and this is purely my own experience, that ad costs are going up. It costs me more to get the same results that I used to get. But I don't deal with nowhere near... The amount of lead jet accounts you deal with, or many other things in that way, is there something you're doing that other accounts aren't doing? Or is there some way you're navigating this whole pathway which other people are not?
0: Look, I want some things I will just pick up to experience being that we can see, notice, and spot things a lot earlier because we have been doing things for so long in that space. But as well, as you mentioned, like when you log in and check, it's like, unless you're kind of like almost micromanaging, and there's two worlds in the space of Facebook ads. Like if you have extremely ridiculously high budgets, you can use a lot of the automations, and you can do really well with it, and you can kind of let Facebook do its thing, and you can still get extreme benefits from doing that. But if you're in the kind of in the middle playground where it's like I'm spending an okay amount of money on my ads, and like I, I know that I can get a good result from them, you have to be pretty onto the management of them. And when I say management, it's like killing off non-performing things, scaling up things that are working. Like even recently, we had a client who had been working with a really big agency. They couldn't crack it. They were paying really expensive cost per lead. It probably took me like four, four rounds in about 10 days of campaign variations to get their account back on track. Just because everything was kind of all over the show and I had to rebuild it, rebuild the ad structure, rebuild the ads themselves, rebuild the offer slightly and most people wouldn't run four offer variations of a campaign in that way even in, in four months. Like they'd be like one and they're like, oh, it's not working. Like move all my money to YouTube or Twitter or whatever it might be, right? But Not, so, name,
1: not naming names, hey?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I, I, and you, I, I get give
1: it. Give me some context around that though because I, I feel like for me you've got this invisible layer of knowledge where you kind of go, okay, well, if you're spending a reasonable amount of money, what what's reasonable these days? Like what type of budgets do you think are appropriate for Facebook? And where are you seeing that sweet spot? Because I'm, again, just to frame this up, I'm not seeing people spending $10 or $20 a day anymore and getting great returns where it's like, how can you put it, boast worthy?
0: <laughs> well, I, again, it kind of depends. Like we still got some clients who who we teach and they have super small budgets. And it's like we ha- we have one client and she came to us. I did not think it was going to work concreting business in New Zealand I was like, this is going to be a hard, this is going to be a challenge she spends ten dollars a day gets five leads a day and on average last month did like something like two million dollars in concreting sales in New Zealand so it's like it it still works. Like there's still people there and there's still like results to be had. But I think when you're trying to get towards a scaling process, which is like where you can't necessarily let a lot of the automations take over yet, which is really once you get into the thousands of dollars per day and above, then you can use certain rules. Then you can do a, a bit more, like depending on what sort of product or service you have, you can kind of play around with it and let some of the intelligence that they have take over. But if you're in that like, $100 hundred dollars to five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars kind of range per day, it's 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 really hard. That's where you've got to have, as you mentioned, like that's where you've really got to know what you're doing. And even something as simple as, and I took some screenshots of this client I mentioned earlier that we just took over, just the ad structure, just I didn't change copy. I didn't change audience. All I did was change the structure in which they had the ad set up. And I was able to generate leads at like one tenth of the cost that they were getting from the previous person. And that's just, just by changing the structure of them because everything else was sound. Everything else looked really solid to me. But the structure that they were using, they just didn't have it set up in the best way possible for how much ad spend they had. So they had a setup up for if they were spending into the thousands of dollars per day, I was like, mm-hmm, this is right. But they're only spending $50 a day on that, on that campaign specifically, I was like, the structure is wrong. It needs to be changed, changed it, and then it started working really well. And now I've brought that back to the point where it's like getting them the amount of leads per week that they needed for their KPIs and, and it's sweet. But just because like you said, like there's so many people out there now as well, that will go out and like, do a course, do a training, attend a summit and I like, call, oh, I know how to run ads now, or I'm going to use this person's strategy. It's like, that is not, it's not a one size fits all. It's like everything needs to be slightly adjusted, have slight variations based on spend, based on outcome, based on structure. So there's like so many different things you have to take into consideration.
1: When you think about, 2021 as a year for Facebook marketing or Facebook ads, we're talking specifically into here. Like you've just described some things that are pretty in-depth and pretty unique that I don't really hear spoken about too often. How does this vary against things you may have done last year or last couple of years? Like what really makes the difference this year? How are you approaching it differently or thinking about campaigns that you had not previously?
0: (laughs) We're still somewhat thinking about them in the same in the same way but it's just that now that there is so much and it's like kind of good and bad that facebook have given us so much more opportunity now of what things we can utilize what we can optimize for how to spend our budgets now there's all the stuff that's coming which i touch on a little bit about like irs 14 and all those changes because there's so much variance now like before it was actually much easier when it was like cool clicks campaign and that was the only option you had and I was like cool then just like they have five options now it's like you have a myriad of 15 different options and then just as a byproduct of having that option you automatically double it because you can set your budgets at a campaign level at an ad set level so you've now you've got 30 variations now it's like cool, then you've got automatic placements or manual there's 60 like it's just like doubling all of the different options and if you're not really across what works for a specific marketplace and work super effectively for it, it can be quite hard. And you know, that's why we as well, like when people come to me, they're like, We're we're spending tons a day on e-commerce. I'm like, cool, don't talk to me. Like, I am not gonna be able to give you, I can give you insight, I can pull apart your campaigns, I can tell you what's working, what's not, and I can identify problems. However, I'm not gonna give you the minute details that you need to change to get that really, really effective. But if you're doing And you're like, cool, I'm getting leads, I'm getting applications, I'm getting calls, or I'm just getting all like messages or whatever the the objective is, that is where we specialize in. And because we've specialized in that for the last bunch of years, now it's like our, our knowledge on that area is this like growing exponentially, because we only work with those clients, handful, handful, very small amount of e-commerce here or there, just because we like the, um, the brands and businesses but 99% of what we do is is legion because of that. Because we've had six, seven, eight years plus experience in that space.
1: How interesting. I want to jump into another topic here that kind of relays into this. Earlier in the year, I saw a lot of marketing out there that basically Apple was trying to take down Facebook. That they were making changes to privacy and their big big update for iOS 14 and things like conversion tracking and remarketing were going to no longer be Able to be done. Now, of course, uh, I love the enthusiasm of marketers, and like they'll always find a way, won't they? It's a it's a very interesting thing. I mean, I've I've been through a few apocalypses now, but um, it's interesting that we always seem to push through in some way or another. Has the, the rollout happened to your accounts yet? Are you seeing any impacts or changes because of changes and suggestions like iOS 14? And if so, what's the workaround, or how are you thinking about it?
0: I mean, there's a there's a big one on education, and I, like every time you know, if I'm out somewhere and somehow comes up that I do stuff with Facebook, they're like, "Oh yeah, like what do you think of what do you think of this and what do you think of the changes?" Blah blah blah. To me, if like me personally, and not because I'm an advertiser, but when that notice comes up on my phone, I know it's starting to roll out, and some people have had it, had it already, some people haven't. But to me, I'm going to leave it on because I want tailored advertising. I don't want things that I don't like to show up because you're not getting, you're not, this is the big thing. You're not getting rid of ads. This notice is not to remove advertising from Facebook for you. It's to remove the tracking of advertising and the targeting of advertising on your account. So it's like, if I'm still going to get advertising because Facebook's still going to make money, why would I want generic, terrible ads for random stuff rather than something that's super specific to what my needs are and what my actions are to me? As a consumer, I'm like, I want that. I want to see like ads because when I go and visit stuff, I always think it would be really cool if I saw that. Or there's cool stuff that I don't know about that pops up. And I'm like, great. Like, I want that cool stuff that I didn't know existed. You know, I spend five minutes speaking to Charlie about uh, tech gear and then I get all these cool ads for lights, for cameras, for mics, for headphones. I'm like, ah, awesome. Like, I want that stuff. I don't want to have to go and do my own, like, to go and try and find it all myself. Like, I want that hitting my feet. So I think that there's going to be some people that will understand that and be like, well, why would I not want targeted stuff? Obviously some people will go for the process and get themselves like removed from audiences, which is fine. But the the big thing for advertisers is that we still can track one thing. We still have the ability to track one conversion, at least one conversion point when they go through. So it's not completely removing it. Facebook is still giving us the ability, as long as we switch from browsers i.e. things like Google, Chrome, Safari, Firefox, et cetera, to server-based, which is their CAPI, which is like the um, conversion API. As long as we switch to that, which basically just means that we plug in all the data. When someone hits our form, it pulls up their IP data, pulls up the details that they put in. It then goes up into the server and is pushed back across into Facebook and tracked as a conversion. As long as that happens, like we still get one, one point of action from them being taken on our website so we're still good so especially for lead gen i'm like cool i can still track leads because that's all I'm, I'm not like trying to track website visitors add to carts purchases card abandonment I, I am worried about leads if i if i can track my leads i'm sweet so there's that ability we have there but i mean it's not just apple which everyone again has forgotten about it's like cool google has removed all of their browser-based tracking which is why facebook had to push out this conversion api stuff because the browsers are also saying, Google Chrome being one of the biggest ones, they're saying we're also not going to do that. But Apple and Facebook just kind of picked the fight together, whereas Google just kind of slipped in the background and been like, yeah, we're doing that as well. But it's not a whole part of the big fight. It's all all Apple because that's where the app starts from. But you know, no one's kicking up a stink about Android, right?
1: Well played, Google. I would have to say they've played this very well to stay out of it. <laughs> Do you think this is, I mean, a very interesting part of the conversation. I mean, you're in the advertising world and I myself remember how bad ads on the internet used to be. Like, I think people forget the random red flashing ads for things you just didn't want and the user experience was terrible. So I appreciate a lot of the personalization that's come from Facebook and all the tracking they've done. But what's your take on the privacy claims and where it all comes to be? Is this just something the media has blown out of proportion? Or is there real concerns that people should have about accepting letting Facebook track them around?
0: Well, I mean, there's, there's a couple of different things there. And it's like, as you mentioned, it's, they're tracking us around. So the only reason that people should have worry about privacy is, is literally if their private details are being used for some sort of like, uh, thing that we don't want them to do. Right, So, for example, if they go and then pass that information of the sites that I visit to the Australian government and then they come knocking on my door saying, like, Kim, you shouldn't have bought these things because of X, Y, and Z or something like that. Like, again, that could be a good thing sometimes, like, depending on what people are doing. But that also, like, I don't want people to, to provide saying Kim does this. However, in the way that Facebook operates currently with their targeting or not, if I'm in a pool of a million other people that are doing similar things and they're saying you can target this pool because Kim likes that performance tracking, like apps like this, whoop or whatever it is, show him similar things to that because he's part of this pool, I'm not saying that Kim Barrett specifically, I'm okay with that. The, the I think that that's okay because I want them to have that level of information and data on the side of like, of the, privacy is like no i don't want them sharing my phone my email my bank balances all that sort of private information across i don't want that my the context of my messages to friends and family to be shared with other people however if the actions that i take which i take and i take them on a public forum being the internet they are like they're using that to put me in a pool of other people with similar interests and targets and whatnot i think that's fine like i'm 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 okay with that however The things that people I think are getting more not okay with is like when they use it for like manipulation, which is what the original privacy issues were around Cambridge Analytica and and whatnot, when it's like, cool, we have a political party and we're promoting this to these people, this to these people, tell them there's like a white power rally, there's a black power rally, there's a blah, blah, blah rally over here to go and do it and incite people to take actions in which they wouldn't normally take if they didn't see that. That's where I think the gray area or the like, that's really the, that's the black area. That's the, that's the area where it's like, you shouldn't trade on that area. It's like, keep it, keep it clean. Keep it on this side of the line. Like don't cross the line and use it for like manipulation purposes, which is what they did. And what the biggest issues were around privacy was using that to incite people to take certain actions, which they wouldn't have done if they didn't see that message.
1: So just to loop back into this, though, this rollout has happened. So pixel-based marketing is effectively stopped or in the process of ending across most Facebook things. But they're still tracking you on the platform. So if you're watching videos or following pages or searching things or in groups or participating in usage on Facebook or Instagram or potentially even WhatsApp, like all of that information is still collected and used for targeting. It's not like we have no targeting options Uh, now because of this change. And then secondary to that, you've still got conversion tracking. So at the end of the day, there's a lot of media hype around this. Is there any other changes around this that you've noticed you're going to have to do things differently or is it mostly just an involvement of tools like you mentioned with server-based tracking?
0: An involvement of tools, an involvement of not just relying on Facebook, using things like Google Analytics and whatnot. As you mentioned, most things on site are really where things are kind of staying and the power they're building there, which also then rolls into external apps that plug into in-platform things, i.e. chatbots, Messenger, because they're going to the safe haven for us as a business, i.e. Facebook, is to keep people on platform. We keep all the tracking and information. So the last thing we want to do is send people to Messenger, piss them off, have problems there. That's what some of the key areas that they're focusing on improving the user experience in because one of the other problems has been People broadcasting messages when they shouldn't be quite often without the correct updates, and then they've lost access to their messenger and things like that. So there's a whole heap of.
1: Can I share different a changes? Yeah, please go. I, I'll go. I just have to laugh. This is typical. I thought I would try my hand at a, a messenger bot automation, and I accidentally created one that was a loop. So basically, it kept rebroadcasting. So for anyone who's not familiar with these tools, they kind of work as sequences where you can say, okay, well, you send this message and then if they do that, they go to this one or they can click this and there's pathways that you can take. Pick your own adventure. I didn't realize that I'd made some mistakes that kept restarting the Messenger bot. So people were starting and just getting hammered. And uh, you can be rest assured I got banned pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> uh, you're not the first person that's done that. Like, that is, like there has been some horror shock horror stories that i hear and i'm just like, oh goodness gracious me like come on there's uh but i mean but that's because some of the tools as well they're not that intuitive. it's not that easy as well so that's why i think that they've been pretty quick on the hammer of removing people's um, access to many chat uh sort of messenger and things like that as well because now they're going well we've even further got a safe haven our products our services for people's experience because we want to keep them there, but that also means we can still collate data that our advertisers can use. Because the last thing that Facebook wants is all of us to go and spend all our money now on, on YouTube or Twitter, like to, to go and take all those things across. And again, people are forgetting it's like, cool, well, if browser based tracking is removed on Google Chrome, it's also going to have an effect on the Google Ads platform, which is going to do that, which is going to have those same problems, but they just haven't had as much awareness of it because it's not going to be a forced app update which everyone is going to have to tick yes or no when they use YouTube that's not going to happen but when Google Chrome when they finalize their update of their browser and the tracking cookies are gone, it's like well yeah that's that's going to cause a problem too but no one's now going oh YouTube ads are go- and Google ads are going to die and causing all this whole big ring roll around that because they're like oh cool yeah we'll just do what Facebook did with the with a server-based tracking and we'll update out like the way that we track and measure and sweet, all good. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things around that
1: also. I'll just chime in here. Do you not feel that Google has an unfair advantage in this game because of the search nature? So when you go onto YouTube or Google, you're telling them what you want. Like it's not based on pixels alone is the advantage. So if I go into Google right now and say, hey, I need a plumber, like what more information do they need to serve me in that?
0: Yeah, exactly. So that yeah, they're basing it off of the your like the intent that you have is based on the keyword. It's not based on all your other actions specifically. Like sometimes obviously you can do a certain other components of that, but yeah, it's it's based on that. So for them and privacy sake, like they're kind of in like the, the perfect little green spot where it's like, well, if you search this term, you need and want that. So I show you that ad. Rather than oh, you went to a plumbing website yesterday morning at uh, one a.m., so you probably need an ad for an emergency plumber. Like there's there, so they're in the kind of like the the sweet spot, if you will, when it comes to ads and and platforms.
1: Really interesting. Let's go back to bots for a second here, because I feel like they've gotten a bad rap in recent times, and like I, I just basically outlined why I can't use bots anymore. <laughs> um, but. I'm sure, and I might have to ask you to help me fix that, but one of the things I look at from here is that I I would love to know if within your own campaigns or those of the clients or people you teach – is anyone just killing it with bots right now? Like, are there winning stories out there, or is this something like... How can I put this? It's like the fallacy we all want to believe it's a good thing, but I, I can't actually find anyone that's killing it. And I'll give an example. It's like Clubhouse. I hear good things about Clubhouse, but I, I cannot connect any dollars made to the platform. Everyone just tells me who they were in a room with, and I'm like, is that the point?
0: <laughs> well, I mean that's that's a whole other kale of fish, and I have many ideas on on that as well. But on in the bot side of thing. It depends because with anything, as marketers, right? It's like, and as you said, like you, you and I, I think, are very similar in the fact that we're like, cool. How do, how are you using Clubhouse to make you money right now and generate your leads and inquiry? Which a lot of people are not really using it for. They're using it to grow perceived influence, maybe followers, and push them across to other platforms or whatever they might be doing, which is all all well and good. But we're like immediately, we're like. Tie this back to revenue generating activity for me, please. Now, right? So,
1: so you're saying I'm too capitalist? We're too ca- we're we're outdated.
0: Ca- capitalist pigs, man. Capitalist pigs. But so when I look at those things, it's like there are many people that are killing and using messenger bots for customer experience. They're doing phenomenally well. Like you look at most major sporting teams have some form of messenger bot, generally speaking these days, connected to their pages to allow people to utilize it as almost a intuitive Q&A function, like FAQ function, to be able to look up their favorite players information and a lot of destinations, like I know some guys- So you're talking um, about like
1: utility value. It's not necessarily marketing value. It's like, as you said, researching your favorite players or getting information about how to I don't know. Park your car at a venue, whatever it is. That type of stuff is more of a practical application.
0: Hundred percent. I think that's where, and that's as I said. Like, as marketers, we're always like, how do we use this to get us a result now? And it's like, whereas, like, some of the best results that are coming with us, like, it actually comes from from that user experience, that customer experience, customer journey. I know a lot of like travel destinations and the things are. Are doing it, where it's like cool. You know, like what are you? Are you a adventure? Are you, a, uh, are you a, a relaxed person? Are you a food person? I'm a food person. Awesome. Like here's all the things in this region you can go and experience from a food perspective. So that's where I think that these sorts of things are beneficial for businesses. And I would never tell them to to use or to not use it because it's going to be used to the best of the ability. But from a marketing perspective, now at the moment, and I'll say at the moment because I touched on one other thing that's coming that's semi exciting. I don't think it's necessarily being used as well as it was a year or so ago and it was much easier to use. But on the, on the other side is that they're actually about to, for most of the chat platforms, about to open up the chatbots onto Instagram. Now, that's where I think there'll be some cool stuff happening. That's where I think that us marketers will probably go in and ruin things again for a bit before they then make the changes again to those things. But there's a, there's a fair bit of cool stuff coming on that side of things as well.
1: So what excites you there? Do you see Instagram as more of a mobile messenger platform? So to keep that all in one kind of, I don't know, region is going to be very synchronized and advantageous or where's the win in playing it like that?
0: Well, I just know there's so many people that are, whether they are influencers or have influence on Instagram, they get inundated with messengers and DMs and they never get back to them because they don't have time. And even if you hired a full-time person, it would still be quite hard. So for me, I'm like, well, being that, I think even now sometimes, and the annoying thing with, not the annoying thing, but with, for example, Facebook, sometimes your messages can get lost pretty easy. You have others folder, which can hide things pretty easy as well, depending on how you set up your own parameters and settings. But on Instagram, you can see everything very clearly. Your requests are easily identified because it pops up and it shows as a notification and it sits there until you go in and check it. So I think that from a messaging platform perspective, a lot of people use it quite often and more often than some of the others. Like you don't really generally, like even if, and even the stories feature, right? If I follow someone, if I follow you, Charlie, you put up a cool video of all your kit and I send you a love heart on that photo, I'm initiating a conversation with you. But i don't do that on facebook stories or messenger stories i don't really use them at all i only use instagram for stories so imagine if you had that automation when it's like someone responds to your story that was around your podcasting equipment and they, and they gave you a love heart and you're like thanks so much what did you like best because they had a lot love heart emoji or thanks so much like do you have a podcast thanks so much do you listen to podcasts and you could automate that message straight away they're already showing me that intent that we talked about earlier in the search parameters because they liked what you just put up. So they must have some level of interest to it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have sent a, like a, a response. So that's where I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming out.
1: I love the way your brain works, Kim. It's different to mine. But I, I would agree. I must notice in my own behavior, and I don't use Instagram for anything but the stories feature, but the I find the irony in that these platforms are owned by the same company yet they behave so differently here. I am laughing, but I can see why Messenger would be more exciting or Messenger bots here in an Instagram world. So I want to ask a deeper question around this. This seems something that you're all on top of and aware of here. Is this one of the strategies and ideas you're most excited about going for it or do other things have your attention at the moment of where you think the biggest wins in online marketing and advertising are going to be?
0: Um, I always think that anything, anything new on a proven platform can be very, very exciting. Like we kind of mentioned the other day, like uh, the other day, the other minute, Clubhouse, which is like, which is cool and interesting. But I still don't see the tangible benefits of it right now for me to take my energy and attention and focus on it. However, this new component. Plugging into an existing platform that I know about, I think is cool. Same as when Reels came out. There's people now that are just selling courses on how to do Reels on Instagram because their Reels go and get all this traction and distribution that a lot of people don't even capitalize on. And I know this, and I still don't even do it just because I was like, I now got to make a different type of video. It's annoying. I don't want to go. We don't want to go and do that. But this component being like, cool, they took this from Facebook, which worked well, and they're going to move it across on Instagram. That kind of excites me from that side of you, because I think there's going to be more avenues to expand internally on the platforms because of all this external like removing of tracking and whatnot, which is cool. On the side though to that, I am very keen on adding more and more channels that we can get traffic from. Like we touched on YouTube, Twitter and things like that. I'm expanding into those also just purely from a risk mitigation standpoint where it's like, oh, cool, I don't want all my eggs. In one basket, and as soon as I've got them down the pat, then I'll be rolling them out in trainings in in dump few services for clients and whatnot too. Because it's it's just good to have that if anything does happen to one, all your eggs aren't in that basket. So I think that getting, for example, like YouTube really dialed in. I know the last kind of twelve months, even though it's been around for so much longer, the last twelve months has been a huge surge and so like that because everyone's just picked on. Like as soon as something happens on Facebook, people can be like, "Facebook ads are dead. Move all your traffic to YouTube." And it's like everyone's like, oh, "Okay." Well, yeah, it is dead, and if I can get it working on YouTube, like, why not? So I think that's a uh, those platforms which are maybe had the were on the back burner for a lot of people in the past because Facebook ads were so easy and were so, I say easy, but like they got such good results for people. Now it's like, well, it's. I think this is the time of like within the the channels of advertising, diversifying the avenues of of that advertising. I think is very very important.
1: I find it so interesting that. Uh, to what you're saying, most people I know that are serious about Facebook advertising have had issues in the last six months. We'll say, like they've had they've had some very real challenges, and I can see the appeal. If you're someone where you've got a business that is delivering leads or sales or whatever it is, if there was an easier way of doing it on YouTube or Twitter or LinkedIn, like that's a very appealing proposition be a very, very appealing proposition. I can see how that goes. I must say though, I would say that 80% of my advertising dollar is now spent on YouTube and then there's a little bit on LinkedIn. So I've certainly made some different shifts, which is quite interesting. But I, would, I just look at how complex Facebook is becoming and just the need for the education level you have to be able to do it well. Now, I'd love to ask you another question before we wrap this one up. What's something you see marketers and people doing today with advertising that you wish they would just stop? Like it's dead and done and a waste of their time.
0: That's a good question. I mean, there's many things that people do, but I mean, most of the time people still don't niche down. Like they still uh, chuck up generic things. And like I've been saying this for a couple of years now, which is if you were to do a TV ad or a radio ad or a billboard ad, if we went back, it's like the amount of time, energy, effort and care you would put into that is probably 100 times more than what most people put into a Facebook ad campaign and then they just chuck it out there and they don't actually check things properly they don't target effectively and they treat sometimes it's like well I've got to appeal to everyone and it's just a it's just a waste of money and it's just like the only reason I wish they wouldn't do it is cuz it's like well you're just wasting your money and then eventually I'm going to my team is going to talk to you at some point and you're going to tell us how facebook ads didn't work cuz you didn't do all those things and that's kind of what frustrates me the most that I see in advertising is this people doing that and it's like ah oh, if you just dialed it in and did it, did it properly and you gave it the care, energy and effort and attention that it needed, you would get much better results. And now there's a time for getting things up fast though. I will asterisk that. Like when you're going through a verification process and you're really trying to test different angles and whatnot, so that's not the time to be perfect. However, when you're putting big budgets behind it, And it's like, well, if that was a TV ad, like, how different would you treat it? How much would you have edited a little bit more? Would you maybe have just changed that photo a little bit and put your logo on it as well? Because it's going to be around in front of everyone. Like, would you have made any of those changes if you're going to be seen by 10,000 people a day? And people are like, oh, you know, my my impressions are down or my, my clicks are down or my things are up. And it's like, well, when you look at that total, there's a lot of people that see you every single day. And it's like, well, why not get the most out of it you can? And I think a lot of people miss that opportunity.
1: That is so interesting to hear. So you're looking at this saying that there's a lot of wasted spend in, or I'm going to call it laziness, in all honesty. 100%. All right. Well, you've answered my questions today, Kim. Thank you so much for giving me your insights. Is there anything you would like to share on your own podcast or is that a bit tongue-in-cheek at this point?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you, you've done a pretty good job of, uh, of pulling all the information out of me, but I would just say to anyone out there that's listening, like if you know someone that suffered this year with their ads or last year with their ads, or you are yourself, like go back to this episode again or share this episode with them because it's like there's 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 issues, but you don't have to have them as issues. There's always a problem. You know, I love there's a, a great book and uh, ethos from uh, Marie Forleo, which is like everything is outable. It's like there's never a, a point in time where something isn't outable. I'll put asterisks again. Sometimes with Facebook, though, you can get ridiculously banhammered and your personal account can never do anything. So that is unfigureoutable. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a problem
1: that's a that's a common friend of ours who will probably listen to this episode when i send it to him
0: <laughs> but look i mean that's why you have a, that's why you have a partner that's why you have brothers sisters mums dads uncles cousins and so they all can have ad accounts and business pages and stuff like that too right so there's there's always there's I, a, where there's I, a will there's a way
1: I did not hear that
0: but <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for running running and pulling apart all the facebook info for me i really appreciate it
1: Oh, Kim, my pleasure. It's always interesting to hear from you because you have such a wealth of knowledge that I think you take for granted. People like me, I listen to it and I go, "Ah, oh, I was thinking about that all wrong."
0: Uh, I love it, and yeah, and thank you so much for uh, for jumping on the Kim Barrett show to uh, to pull pull it apart.
1: Well, I guess we'll wrap this one up then. Is there anywhere you want to send people? You have got links to? I'm assuming it'll be in the bio or the descriptions. We'll put them there. I'll just take over the lot here now, but uh, we'll wrap this one up. Thank you so much, Kim, for having me on the show today. I can't help this. We're just going to go from there. But thank you so much for being on The Kim Barrett Show.
0: Cheers.